0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Shannon E., pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. We don't have to do that much review, but we're going to start with just a little bit for the few people who weren't here. The title of this series is called God's Way. It, we, it's based in a verse out of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 55 8 that says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So last week we began to talk a little bit about what that verse means. So I think we all have a natural understanding that when we think of our Heavenly Father, that we imagine that He doesn't struggle with the same thought problems that we struggle with. And we all have an idea and an image of Him that when He sets His mind to do something, that God's ways are full of power, amen? They, They happen. So, we began to talk a little bit about understanding the nature of our God. Now, why is that so important? Because to understand the nature of our God is to understand our nature, amen? Because you'll remember that we were created in His image when we accepted to have a relationship with Jesus, then we became one and the same with him, remember? We went from him being over here and me being over here to him being right here and me being right here with him, amen? We become one and and the same. We take on full identification in Christ Jesus. Now, does that mean that we instantly change and we instantly have all of the characteristics and all of the abilities that Jesus has? No, what we have is the ability to grow and develop and become more and more like him. But we have to take the responsibility to grow and develop and grow and develop and grow and develop and grow and develop. This is a continuous process that will go on for our entire earthly existence, amen? So we know that because we are created in his nature, we can take on the way God thinks and we can take on the ways of God or the patterns of God. We can begin to rise and develop in both of those areas and that is what we're talking about in this series. You'll remember that we, we refer- I referenced the verse in John 3.30. In the Message Bible, it says this is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. So what we're talking about is allowing Jesus to take on the center of who we are and the man-made side of us to slip more and more and more and more to the side, amen? As we begin to think more like him and we begin to act more like him, amen? Amen, so tonight we're gonna get right into what are God's ways. What are God's ways? You'll remember that we talked a little bit, we talked quite a bit about God's thoughts last week. We said that God's thoughts are unique in that they are a verb. They carry action. The Bible's definition of God's thoughts is that they have a purpose that is firmly fixed to them you remember that? So when God thinks something towards us, his thought has a purpose that is firmly fixed to it. So that purpose is coming at you. It is active and it is alive. Amen. It is flowing into your life. So tonight we're going to talk about God's ways. What is the Bible dex- dictionary definition of God's ways? God's ways means a path or a journey. It is the path that is traveled. It suggests a pattern of life, a pattern of life. That word pattern, as referenced in the Bible, means a distinctive style, model, or form. It means a combination of qualities, acts, or tendencies that form a consistent or characteristic arrangement. So again, we're not talking about, when we talk about our ways as people, we're not talking about that one-time event that happened. We're talking about patterns that exist in our life, characteristics that have come together and have become a distinctive model in our life. If we all stop and think, we can probably think of a lot of different patterns that are established in your life. You know, I encourage you to to. After you go home tonight to look at the different areas in your life, look at your relationships, look at your work ethic, look at your attitudes, look at your responses and ask yourself, what are the patterns that I have allowed to become established in my life? Now we all have them. Some of us have better patterns, amen, than others a lot of times patterns can even develop into addictions because that pattern becomes so established that it becomes so powerful that it takes on a power that overrules all of our natural ability. So we have to be careful as we walk through life, even though we are empowered through Christ Jesus, we have to take responsibilities for our life and constantly be checking the areas of our life, amen? Constantly be modern, monitoring what patterns are beginning to develop or are developed in our life. You know, bad patterns happen in good people's lives, amen? Bad patterns develop in good people's lives. I have known some of the strongest, most committed Christians on the planet, and really esteemed people in the body of Christ who have allowed a pattern to develop in a particular area of their life that was not of God, amen? And so what does that do? It begins to take hold. It begins to become consistent. It begins to take on a characteristic that has life to it. And as it does, then you begin to see the damage and the consequences of those patterns, so what we're talking about tonight is we're talking about not only what are God's patterns like but the importance of looking at our own lives to make sure that we are constantly monitoring the characteristics that are coming together in our lives to make sure that they line up with God's word. Amen. Why do we want to make sure they line up with God's word? Because God's word is life. Amen. God's word is life, so if the patterns or the habits that are in my life line up with God's word, then that means my life will be full of the God kind of life, amen? So that's important. So see, again, and just a quick reminder, Just because we accept Jesus into our life doesn't mean that all of those bad things magically disappear. We have to take responsibility. This is an active relationship. It's an active walk with God. There is still a devil out there seeking to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. So we have to be active and aware And constantly checking our lives to make sure that the patterns and the things we're doing line up with the word, amen? So what are the areas that are so important to monitor? Definitely our relationships. Definitely our relationships. You know, a lot of times in marriages, what starts off as really loving communication can a seed of sarcasm or a seed of negativity can begin to arise, and it can be just occasional, and for a while it's a bad moment. And if we're not careful, that seed of negativity and sarcasm will develop into a pattern, and before we know it, the couple is constantly interacting in sarcasm and negativity, and the entire dynamic of the relationship changes. Amen? So we have to watch those things in our relationships with our spouses, in our relationships with our coworkers, oh man, in our relationships with our children. You know, parents, it's just unbelievable how casually parents view the pattern of their parenthood. Your kids are given to you as a gift, they are the heritage of the Lord, that's what the Bible says to you, and it is our responsibility to make sure that our pattern in dealing with them is based in what the Word of God says about them, amen? Amen. So we have to monitor that, we have to monitor the patterns in our life about our physical body. Thank God we serve a God who is full of grace and we walk in favor and divine health, but we still suffer the consequences if we're not careful about what we do with our body, amen? amen. amen. A lot of people, especially Christians, they don't wanna talk about that. They, don't, they think that's not okay, but you know, I respect that about what my parents taught me growing up in my home because they didn't just teach me that I could do anything and everything I wanted. When it comes to my body, I have to be healthy. I have to take care of my body. It's important. It's important the food I put into my body. It's important the time I make to exercise my body. Why? Because God has placed me on this earth to be active, to accomplish great things. And if I'm at home and I'm sick and I'm overweight and I can't get out of bed, I can't do those things. So see, I have to be careful that I don't allow unhealthy patterns to develop in my life, amen? I've gotta look at the way I handle my finances. I've gotta be sure that I'm being responsible about my finances, amen? A lot of people, good people with good hearts who love God with good intentions develop unhealthy patterns when it comes to their money. They spend money they don't have they spend money on foolish things instead of the things that are important. They spend money on things that satisfy their flesh instead of things that are of necessity. So we have a responsibility. As God's children, to look at these kinds of things, to look at our attitude about work. You know, the Bible teaches us to work and to do it with a good attitude, to do it with all our heart, to love working, that working is a great opportunity. Why? Because it's an opportunity for us to not only gain resources for our family, but resources for the house of God. Amen? So we've got to be responsible. Christians, Amen? Responsible children of the king. You see, you have the ability to think like God. You have the ability to act like God, to carry out his ways, but you've got to be alert and ready and responsible to do it. Amen? Amen. So let's talk a little bit about God's ways. God's ways can be broken down into two categories. If you're taking notes, yes, I stole this from Pastor Creflo Dollar. I just liked the terminology when he was here. You can break down God's ways into pre-cross and post-cross. Amen? We've got the way God used to act before Jesus went to the cross and the way God acts today. After Jesus went to the cross, amen? So it's important that when you begin to learn about God's ways that you understand that. You see, before we go on, you must recognize that the God you fellowship with, the God that you do life with, always deals with you from a post-cross perspective. His ways are always post cross You see, his responses were completely and totally altered forever when our salvation became complete. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians like to study and set expectations for God and his ways based on the Old Testament or pre-cross. I can't figure out why they wanna do that, but they like to. They want to hold on to those old ways of doing things when the new way, the post-cross way, is a whole lot better, amen? Amen. So how awesome and blessed are we that we get to live in the post-cross time, Amen? amen? It is so important that you recognize and that you understand the difference. So the pattern of God's ways The combination of his tendencies, his characteristics come together to create something for us in our life that is so wonderful and so powerful and so full of goodness and so fabulous that we get to walk in that dynamic. It's incredible. The path that we travel with our God is good, amen? It's good. The pattern of life that we get to live with our God today is a good life. You see, in the pre-cross era, God judged people. In the pre-cross time, he handed out punishments. In the pre-cross time, he demonstrated his anger. In the pre-cross covenants, he based his ways on a person's actions. In the pre-cross time, he waited to see what a person was going to do, and then he responded accordingly. You see, people's works used to dictate and be translated into God's ways. Under the post-cross way, God's way is predetermined. God's way is set. And it is set regardless of your actions. It is set regardless of your responses. So his response to us does not alter or change based on what we do or don't do, amen? His emotions and his feelings towards us is set. It doesn't change regardless of how we behave or don't behave. He's already decided how he feels towards you. He's already declared what is yours. He's already decided the life that is available to you. And none of that can be altered or changed. Why are we talking about that? because you have to understand the power of God's ways. Just like his thoughts, his thoughts have a purpose that is firmly fixed that cannot be altered. God's ways have a way that is firmly fixed that cannot be altered, amen? So it is established in the earth and so you can get rid of the condemnation and the guilt and that kind of stuff that makes you think that you can't rise to those patterns of life or you can't live in those patterns of life because God has already said, I'm not concerned about what you can and can't do, I'm not concerned about the the haves and have nots, have nots. There's no ands, ifs, or buts with me. I just gave it all to you, amen? So God's ways are set. So we understand that as we move forward, there is no altering his ways. This takes a renewal of the mind for a lot of people. Because so many people do not experience God's ways in their lives because they've not changed their way of thinking or their expectations. See a lot of Christians go through life and they expect for God's ways to be based Pre cross. They expect to receive judgment. They expect to receive anger. They expect for God to ignore them. They expect for God not to answer their prayer. They expect for bad things to happen. So, when you are expecting that, then you are believing for that. And it's very difficult to step into the promises of our new post cross life, which is the abundant life, which is the God kind of life, the very life that Jesus died on the cross for you to have. Amen. So you have to change your expectation. I believe it is not by accident that in Isaiah, God tied the two concepts together, that the way we think and the way we act are referenced in the same verse. Why? Because we can't even begin to step into God's way of doing things if we can't think or imagine or expect it. Amen? So we have to renew our thinking. We have to begin to understand what his ways are based in and begin expecting them to manifest in our life. In truth, our works have nothing to do with our relationship anymore. So I'm going to give you a few examples. A lot of people, unfortunately, still think that God won't meet their need or he won't bless them if they don't tithe. Well, that's not true under the post-cross arrangement that we have with him. Amen. God has set us up for a life of blessing. He will bless you whether you are tithing or not. However, tithing is a door to put put the covenant agreement, the law that exists in the earth of seed time and harvest to work in your life. Amen. So we tithe because we appreciate our God, because we love our God, because we're thankful for what he did for us, not because we're scared that we're not going to get blessed. Amen? Amen. Amen. And tithing is powerful because seed time and harvest is powerful. And the more we give, the more we receive. Amen? Amen? A lot of us still expect God to judge us, to respond to us based on our sins. Yet hear me tonight, when Jesus died on the cross and when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he forgave you of all of your sins, the the ones you had already committed and the ones that you will commit in the future. There is no condemnation in him, amen? You're free from that. Another example is that we still think that God does things for some people and not others. Yet the Bible clearly tells us that God is not a respecter of persons. But we don't believe that way. Why? Uh, some of these are basic thoughts, but why am I harping on them? Because you see, I talk to Christians, Christians who have been in this church for years and years and years, and they go to God and they say, or they come to me and they say, Shannon, I've been praying, will you just believe with me that, that God will just you know, answer my prayer, that he'll pay attention, that he'll, and so they're believing from a place of weakness why? Because their expectation of God's ways is totally off-key. They still think that God is up in heaven going any, many, miny mo. Or I don't really think that prayer is that important. That's not the God you serve. The God you serve is not a respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises are yes and amen, and they cannot be altered. Amen? So see, but we do understand at the same time that it takes faith to experience and fully walk in the promises and the ways of God, amen? To rise and develop and live in more and more of the abundant life. So if my faith is confused because my expectations or my understanding of God's ways are wrong, It's gonna be very difficult for me to see those things manifest fully in my life. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing it comes by gaining more and more knowledge. The more and more we understand God's ways, our expectation level can change and our level of faith and what we actually believe God is capable of doing begins to alter and grow, amen? So we need to choose to believe the right things. I want to encourage you tonight before we go on to make up your mind to accept your God for exactly who he is, to accept what his ways really are, not what religion tries to tell you, to have faith in the power of the new covenant, amen? To have faith in your post-cross relationship with him. So if you're taking notes, let's talk about what are God's ways, well, if I was gonna describe God's ways, I would describe them with these adjectives. God's ways are number one, good. God's ways are good. The Bible de- definition of good when it talks about God is that they are beneficial in their effect. Beneficial in their effect. So God's ways are always beneficial in the effect they have on your life. Amen? God's ways are never bad. They're never going to bring devastation. They're never going to bring destruction. They're only going to be, bring good to your life. Amen? Amen. God's ways are forgiving. Amen. God's ways are forgiving. What, what that word means in the Bible is that it remits our debts, it means being completely canceled. And I love this, it signifies the remission of punishment. The remission of punishment. So the way our post-cross relationship with Jesus works means that my relationship with him gives me a remission to punishment. A remission. You see, Jesus took all of the punishment for you. So all of God's ways coming to you and that you walk in as his child involve no form of punishment. Your debt has been completely canceled. Amen. He has remitted our debt. God's ways. Number three are generous. He's generous. The Bible definition of that is that it describes the giving of his grace and his love. The giving of his grace and his love. God did not give his grace to you in a stingy way. He gave it in a generous way, amen? His love for you is not stingy, it is generous. God's ways are loving, amen? Number four. What does that mean? In the Bible, that means that that it describes the attitude of God towards us. The attitude of God towards us is based in love. How did he demonstrate it? It's love that is known by the action that it prompts which was the giving of his son, amen? It was the giving of his son. So God's ways are loving. God's ways are powerful. Look, there is no weakness in God's ways. Now the world likes to describe God's ways as having weaknesses in them or, or um, you know, prejudices in them or restrictions in them, but there is no weakness in them. God's ways are powerful. What does that mean? They are strong and they are mighty. God's ways are guaranteed. They're guaranteed. What does that mean in the Bible? It means a pledge given that a promise will be Fulfilled, a deposit or a down payment making fulfillment obligatory. Fulfillment obligatory. All of God's promises are guaranteed in and through our relationship with Jesus Christ. They're guaranteed. Look, I don't know about for you, but for me, that raises my level of expectation, It raises my, look, I can, I can give confidently when my thinking tells me that when I sow my seed, I will be blessed, that God will meet my needs, that he will give back to me. You see, I don't give my money wondering. Amen. When I pray because I'm not feeling well, I don't, Pray with an expectation that God might or might not take care of what is bothering me. You see, the Bible tells me that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, that no weapon formed against me can prosper, that I have been given the gift of divine health, and God's ways tell me that those are guaranteed. Guaranteed. Amen? That the fulfillment is obligatory. That when Jesus declared those promises and then he died on the cross and he ushered in the post-cross era, that those promises came with obligation for them to be fulfilled. That's powerful. So when I pray, I pray with an expectation in my belief, knowing that God's word is yes and amen and that he has an obligation to fulfill it, amen? Well, think about that. How much easier is it to believe in God's ways when you remove the ands, ifs, or buts? when you remove that little thought that it may or may not happen. That's why we're talking about this because we have to raise our level of expectation and we do that through understanding when we understand that the Bible tells us that God's ways are guaranteed. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's easy to believe in. God's ways are eternal. His ways are eternal. I love the way this definition is described in the Bible. When God uses the word eternal in his word, it is used in direct contrast to things that are for a season. You see, nothing about what God's ways are is for a season. God's ways are guaranteed and they will last forever. Amen? His ways are eternal It says that it describes a person or things that are in their nature, endless. In their nature, endless. So everything about God and his ways is endless. It is everlasting. It is eternal. That's incredible. You know, today when I was looking over this and I was thinking about that, it just, it hit me so strong because, you know, we all go through things in life, amen? Amen? We, we go through hard times and, and things are difficult and we face challenges, but man, how much more confident can I be in the storm when I understand that my God's ways are eternal and because I'm made in his image, then I walk in that, several, in that same endless eternity, amen? So the storm may come, but the storm can't bring an end. The storm may come, but you can outlast it. The storm may come, and the challenge may come, and the mountain may build, but you have an endless God with guaranteed promises, and your nature is established in that same everlasting hope, amen? God's ways are grand and big. They're grand and big. Look, you go through that entire New Testament and all you can find is the grandness of God and the bigness of his demonstration. The bigness of who he is. He doesn't do things on a little tiny level. I think we serve a God who likes to show off a little bit. He's like, I told you I was God, now hear me roar. God's ways are big. Why am I talking about that? Because I want to encourage you tonight. When you go to God, to have an expectation of God moving in your life in a grand and big way. Not in a small way. A lot of Christians pride themselves on, on going to God in a small way. What am I talking about? Oh God, if you'll just meet this one little thing for me. God, if you'll just help me, look, I'm not asking you to make me rich. Just give me enough money to where I can just, you know, whatever. No, look, this girl, God, make me rich. <laughs> God, use me in a big way. God, open big doors. Why? Because everything I read about my God is big and grand. Amen? His ways are big and grand. I expect for God to move in a big and grand way. And the Bible also tells me that whatever I ask from my God, He is faithful to answer my prayers. So I'm not asking God to just kinda make it okay. I'm asking God to make it excellent and bigger than anything I could ever ask or imagine, amen? God's ways, God's ways are not subject to the world. They're not subject to the world. They're not subject to any of the temporary circumstances, any of the temporary dynamics, any of the temporary situations. You know, God's economy is not subject to the world's economy, thank the Lord. Amen? God's ways are not subject to the world. They function on an entirely different dynamic. Thank God. So to understand God's ways, and to begin and believe in them, then you must first understand clearly that you are not in the world. His ways are not subject to the world, so then you are not subject to those things either, amen? So the laws of the natural world do not apply to God's ways. I'm gonna give you some examples. These are common sense things, but I think it'll help make it clear for you. When I throw a ball up in the air, what happens? It comes back down. When I leave an ice cream out in the sun, what happens? It melts. When I drive my car and I ignore the empty gas tank sign and I keep going, What happens? It stops. You see, these are the world's ways. In the world system, a lot of times certain actions guarantee certain results. But you see, God's ways are bigger and grander than that, and they supersede the corresponding action on supernatural levels. So God's ways a lot of times don't make logical, earthly, worldly sense. They supersede logic. So what are you saying? So I'm saying that if I could describe God's ways in a way that was just something practical that maybe I could leave my ice cream outside in the sun and maybe it wouldn't melt. (laughs) Or maybe I could fill up my tank and God would just keep the car running. Now we all know that those are extreme examples but I'm, I'm using those to help you understand that your expectation, your thinking about God's way has to totally change. You see, you've got to come to a point in your thought process where you go, I'm not expecting from God what I would expect in my natural world. I have to really be aware of that. I have to understand that the pattern of God's ways, the characteristic of the ways he does things is not based in earthly laws. It's not based in the natural world. It is based in the promises that he clearly stated in the word. Amen. So see, we have to renew our minds. We have to think like that. So tonight I'm gonna give you a few examples of some of the super awesome, illogical ways of God. So with God's ways, if you're taking notes, with God's ways, we are not subject to the temporary. We live under eternal expectations. We're not subject to the temporary, even though the temporary is happening around us. We live under eternal expectations. The word eternal means everlasting, having no beginning and end. Revelations 1.8 says, I am the alpha and the omega, who is and who was and who is to come. I love the way it reads in the Message Bible. It says, the master declares, I'm A to Z. I'm the God who is, the God who was, and the God about to arrive. I am sovereign strong. Amen. Second Peter 3 it says, but do not overlook this one fact, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Man, think about that. You ever have those days where you think if I can just make it through this day, right? if I can just make it through this day. Well see, it gives me some perspective when I understand that in my eternal nature with God and the ways of God, one day is like a minute moment. Why is that important? Because I can quit giving that one day so much attention. I can quit focusing on that one day because it's as just a split second to my God. It's it's just a passing moment. Why? Because he thinks in eternal. His ways are in the eternal. That one day is just a passing thing and remember, you have that same eternal nature which means it is endless and you're walking in the ways of God and God says, I know the end from the beginning. I know the end from the beginning so don't worry about that one day, think endless, think everlasting, understand my eternal nature. I've got you. Amen. So we are not subject to the temporary. We live under eternal expectations. Number two, with God's ways, you accept a master, but you are no longer a slave. You accept a master but you are no longer a slave. You see, God is a very unique master. Our relationship with him is not based in control. It is based in freedom. It is based in freedom. Even though he is our master, he says we are his equals. We are his equals. We are in him, he is in us, he is not above us. In fact, the entire New Testament talks about how God sees us as his friend. John 15, 14 says, You are my friends. John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. When we accept a master, we are no longer a slave. We don't take on more. It doesn't get harder. Instead, we find freedom in him, amen? We find rest in him. Galatians 5, 1 says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Then it goes on to say, I think this is so interesting. It says, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to a yoke of slavery, Do not submit to a yoke of slavery. He tells you, you are free in your relationship with him that when we accept him as Lord of our life, we gain freedom but then he has to tell us or warn us to not allow our thoughts or our misunderstanding of his ways or the world system to allow us to step back into slavery. See, if you're here tonight and you're living under condemnation, or slavery, or you lack rest, or you're not experiencing the freedom of Jesus Christ, it's not because Jesus hasn't brought it into your life, it's because you have chosen to step back under it. God is telling you that you are no longer a slave, accept the freedom of a life with him, accept the freedom that comes when you allow him to be your master, amen? Amen. Number three, with God's ways. You give up your life, but you find a life. You give up your life, but you find a life. In fact, when we accept God's ways, then we accept the God kind of life, amen? John 10, 10. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That is talking about the God kind of life. You see, when we give up our life, we give up our worldly or our temporary existence and we take on the eternal life, which is full of good things. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old life has passed away and the new life has come. The new life has come. Ephesians 4, verse 22 in the Message Bible says, since then we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with the old way of life has to go. It has to go. So we give up our old way of life, but we don't just give it up in a sacrificial way. Instead, we gain a new life, we gain the God kind of life, we gain the abundant life, amen? amen? We have time for one more. Number four, with God's ways, you give, and as a result, you get richer. But in the world's ways, they tell us that we would be poor. See, with God, when I give, I get richer, I don't become poor. Why? Because in the world system, there is no seed time and harvest. There is no guaranteed response to my giving. When I give something away, I am left with less. When I hand my child $5, I no longer have the $5. But you see, in, the, in God's ways, when we live under God's ways, when I give, I have a guaranteed response of God blessing me, and not just blessing me equal to my giving, but superseding my giving, giving me more, so I actually get richer the more I give. Amen? Acts twenty, thirty-five says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Luke six thirty-eight says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be put into your life? Amen. Luke twelve, verse thirty three says, Be generous, give to the poor. Get yourself a bank that can't go bankrupt a bank in heaven far from embezzlers, a bank, you can't, you, a bank that you can bank on. The place where your treasure is is the place that you will most want to be. So see, under God's ways... When I sow my seed, I get richer. When I give my treasure, I gain his riches. I'm giving into a system that not only will produce for me, amen, on this earth, but it is it is going up into my eternal existence and it is producing for me for an eternity, amen? Amen. Did you learn some things tonight? We're going to continue this next week. I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll invite somebody. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at ALFC.com.